Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zena Shea. I am your conduit, your coach, and your catalyst to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in a subject. A conduit provides a connection and a catalyst sparks change. So today we're going to be talking about confidence. And confidence is such a powerful topic. You know when you have it, you know when you don't. And you know when you have it, you feel more equipped to deal with life, to deal with challenges, to even completely change your life. And we've been going through, you know, quarantine, coming out of quarantine, going back into quarantine, dealing with all kinds of changes. And confidence can definitely help us as we are adapting to this new normal that we are in. And I have with me several guests today, so I wanted to introduce the first one. Would you tell the people who you are? Hey, I am Aunt Boogie of Sunnyside. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, Appreciate that. Thank you for coming, and tell the people who you are. Hello, everyone. I am Prince T'Challa, and I am also grateful to be on this show with you today. Okay, and we have another guest who may talk and she may not, but I just want to introduce her just in case she wants to chime in later. Hi, my name is Wanda Frazier, and I am the wife of Aunt Boogie and the mother of Prince T'Challa. And I want to thank you guys for joining us because we are here to really encourage you, to really lift you up, inspire you. I believe that we can learn from each other. I believe I can learn from everybody in this room, how they have overcome challenges, how they have, you know, just been able to go within and find the strength within to deal with what's without, whether it's stress, whether it's losing a job, whether it's changing your life completely and having to adapt. You know, we all go through changes. Life is change. It is not constant. Um, and so we have to deal with that change. And if we can tap into those inner reservoirs, those inner resources, we are just so much more equipped to be able to cope and cope successfully and not flounder and almost drown, but to actually rise above those difficulties that some people are not coping very well with, but we want to be in that group that is coping well. You know, we want to be in that group that's on the come up, you know, they say that for, for, for some people, COVID was a come up, right? Mm -hmm. you know, so we want to be in that group, <laughs> you know? So, um, when I think about confidence, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, you want to be confident and not cocky. And he said, confidence is when you are not trying to prove who you are. You're just being who you are. You know who you are and you're letting it come out. You know what you can do. You don't have to sit there and tell everybody. You just do what you need to do and you let the results speak for themselves. Right. You know, but I do believe that we sometimes have to develop confidence because I think the world will take your confidence away <laughs> if you let it, you know, it will constantly be telling you all the statistics, why you can't succeed, why the world is against you, why, you know, there's a, this little chance that you can make it, but you have to actually discount all of that because that doesn't matter. You can be the exception to every rule, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I believe that we have to develop confidence. We have to find ways to develop confidence. Um, and for me, I can say I was, how can I put it? 
people say they had social anxiety. Probably as a teenager, I had some social anxiety. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of confidence. I actually use my talents to help me tap into my confidence. My talents made me feel capable. They made me feel like I could do something other people couldn't do. And when I just kind of let those talents come through me, and then it, there's also for me as an artist, I can't speak for other artists in the room, but I will let you guys chime in if you if you agree with this. As an artist, sometimes I feel like I'm a channel. Like I'm sitting there and I know I want to write and I have all these ideas buzzing through my head and then one just comes through and I'm like, where did that come from? It doesn't even seem like it yeah. came from me. It seems like it came from somewhere. Uh, I don't know where, but it's that idea that I am a channel, you know, and that makes me feel very confident because if I'm a channel, I like to think, okay, well, maybe, maybe God is giving me this inspiration or maybe my ancestors are giving me this inspiration. So I need to let them speak. I need to let, you know, God speak. And so that gives me confidence that my message has purpose. And so you know, that is one way that I've developed confidence to just feel like I'm surrendering to a bigger purpose, to a mm -hmm. higher calling, to something that's beyond me. It's not about me. It's about the message. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about the uplift. It's about the inspiration. It's about the community. It's about something bigger. And that's given me confidence. So, so when you think of confidence, what, what do you think of? What comes to your oh, mind? Oh man. Um, I mean, when I think of confidence within myself, I think about all the challenges I faced growing up. Um, I was born prematurely. I was not expected to live. I was sick the first 10 years of my life, had asthma, all kind of issues. <clears throat> I stayed sick. I was, you know, in and out of the hospital. And, um, you know, but life has been a challenge and and I like challenges. Like I can never rest on one thing. Like I have to constantly just, and I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is me. This is who I am. You know, if I made it through this, I made it through that. I can make it through this, you know? So um, my confidence was built at a young age. You know, in elementary school, I was picked on. Um, you know, my, 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 my sister Joyce and my, uh, my brother, Jesse, they were my protectors in school and, uh, and my niece Yodi, uh, you know, they would fight for me. Cause like I said, I was, I was kind of frail, uh, growing up, but you know, as I entered junior high school, things started to change. You know, I, I, I always had a love for music. Um, and I developed a, a, penchant for writing songs and writing poetry and turning them into songs and um I was never into sports so so my love for music my love for comic books and all of that all of these I don't want to say fantasy worlds but that kind of um when I'm reading Captain America comics or or Black Panther comics or um you know Batman uh and I saw how they were you know it kind of helped me build my confidence in myself because I felt like I could be a superhero, you know? And then, um, as I grew up loving music, you know, and, and listening to James Brown and Prince and, you know, so many other artists, Stevie Wonder and listen to the lyrics and the things that they wrote about, especially 
what Stevie Wonder was writing about. Like when you listen to Living for the City and you think about the challenges and, you know, and I'm like, this is a blind man. He has the confidence to do this and write about this and write about that. And uh, my mother and father, they made sure that we knew about black history. They wanted to make sure that we knew more about uh, more about black history than just Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or Rosa Parks. So they bought these black encyclopedia, black history encyclopedia sets. And it was like A through Z. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading these stories about these people that went through this and went through that and the confidence that they had to do it. You know, so <clears throat> I just, you know, I was like, I'm this superhero. I am this person. I am, I'm Black Panther. I'm Mr. Fantastic. I'm, you know what I'm saying? And, and I just developed it within myself. Like, I'm not ever trying to prove anything to anybody, but I developed it within myself to just take any challenge head on, just face any challenge that came my way, you know? And then, you know, of course, in junior high school, you start liking girls, you know? And then there's this girl that's so pretty that all the guys are afraid to speak to her. Well, I'm going to talk to her. Hmm. I'm going to have the confidence to talk to her, you know, in high school, same thing, you know, in college, same thing, you know, so my confidence, it just built, but it started building from childhood because of my being born prematurely and being sick and, and living through it and, you know, just facing every challenge and every obstacle that came my way. And even when um, I saw Wanda for the first time, you know, I was like, I, she was one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I was like, man, I just, I gotta say something to her, you know? And she, I mean, she was so beautiful and so fine. I was like, so she, I had a music store, high volume music, and she always shopped there. And uh, the young lady that was working for me at the time, Nikki, um, I was like, isn't she here every week? She's like, yeah, she's here every week. Okay, so next week, I'm gonna need you to not be here. Cause uh, I'm gonna ask her out, and if she say no, only she will know, and only I will know. <laughs> so that next week she came in, you know, and I I had the confidence to to, to step to her, and you know, would if I asked you out, would you go out with me? You know, well, I don't know. You got to ask me out first. So, you know, and, and it was just moments in life like that that helped build my confidence, you know, and for me, I was working at Soundways, pretty good job, you know, and I was like, I, I got, I can do this. I can do better than what they're doing, you know? So the challenge for me was to open up a music store and do what Soundways was doing, but do it better, do it blacker, do it bigger. You know what I'm saying? And then um, with my music, with my band, I was like, I want to do original music. I don't want to be in a cover band, you know? So that was a challenge, but I had the confidence. I, I felt confidence in my music that if people heard it, they would dig it. They would like it. They would support it, you know? And it, and it really takes a lot of confidence, especially in a city like Houston to say, Hey, I'm going to put my record out. It's not going to be a single cover tune on this record. You're going to buy it, you know? So that was another, you know, um, 
I think Barack Obama, his, uh, his book said it best, the audacity. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I had the audacity to do these things. And when I, um, when I opened up my music venue, my whole idea was to have a music venue. Have all your music live, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, have all your music live.com. My thing was, I'm going to have a venue that's going to be so nice. And we're going to support artists doing original music because when I was coming up with my band, we didn't have a lot of places where artists could go and do their own original music, especially on a weekend. So I was like, we're going to do this and we're going to be successful because people like my son and his classmates, all musicians, they got to have a place to go if they want to play and do their own original music. If they don't want to do Frankie Beverly and Mace, if they don't want to do Stevie Wonder songs, but they want to do their own songs. So I'm going to open up this. And I had the confidence and the audacity to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is going to be successful. And with me, failure is not an option. I like, I, I cannot fail. I will work hard day and night to, to, to be a success at whatever it is that I set my mind to do. You know, last year during the pandemic, I launched my radio station, High Volume Music Radio. And my whole thing again, I'm going to play music that other people aren't playing. I'm going to play uh, independent artists around the clock along with national artists and major label artists. And it's going to be a success. You know, that's the bottom line. So I had the confidence to step out on faith and, and launch this radio station. And, and I mean, we are boasting like thousands of downloads, you know, I mean, like every week. I get a report. We we've got downloads in New Zealand, New Zealand downloads in Thailand, downloads in China, Japan. You know, like I have to have the confidence or or be crazy <laughs> to do those kind of things. You know what I'm saying? And and I wake up every day feeling grateful, but I also wake up every day with the confidence to know. Whatever it is I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. And nobody's going to stop me, you know, from, from, you know, and I think about my childhood, I was sick and I was not expected to live. I, I was this, I was that. I can make it through that. I can make it through anything. I like that. Is <laughs> they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's it. You know? And, there were so many things that I resonated with when you were talking because I created a personal development package and I call it going beyond the vision board. And in that package, it asked you to come up with a book. You were talking about how comic books inspired you. Mm -hmm. You know, Maya Angelou inspired me when I was a little girl that, you know, if she could be molested, if she could have had, you know, a, a less than you know, a horrible childhood, basically, Right. you know right. what I'm saying? And, and she could still come out and become this amazing. She was a dancer. She was an actress. She mm -hmm. was, you know, a poet, poet laureate, in fact, right. You know, <laughs> she was a singer. She was all of these things. And she was also not ashamed of where she came from. Right. She, that she said, this is where I came from, but it doesn't define me. Yeah. I'm big. I'm bigger. 
than yeah. what happened to me. I am not what happened to me. Right. Know? And, you know, speaking of that, like, no matter where I go in life, I always represent the neighborhood I'm from, Sunnyside. I always, re- and there's a, re- I mean, I love Sunnyside, but there's a reason why I represent Sunnyside so strong and so hard because every time Sunnyside is in the news, every time Sunnyside is in the media, it's for something bad. You know, I remember a few years ago, people were sending me this link to this article that said the nine worst, no, the um, 20 or 25 worst neighborhoods in America Mm. and Sunnyside was number nine. Mm. And I'm like, I don't see that. I'm here every day. I don't see that. You know what I'm saying? So I represent Sunnyside not only to show that, look, I'm from Sunnyside and I've never been on drugs. I've never been in jail. I don't have a bunch of children running around you know what i'm saying like every every product of sunnyside is not bad right you know i mean we have a uh, and i can't remember his name escapes me but we have a famous football player from sunnyside who's a coach now um i cannot remember his name i would have to ask my sister but um he grew up around the corner from my my brothers and sisters you know um and people don't talk about those kind of things. You know what I'm saying? They just want to talk about, oh, Sunnyside's full of drugs. It's drug infested. You know, and I just have the confidence to tell I'm not ashamed to let anybody know I'm from Sunnyside. And I represent Sunnyside to the fullest. That's awesome. And, and knowing your roots is so powerful. You know, you mentioned being raised where your parents taught you about black history and not just Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and Rosa Parks, you know, um, in my package, I also ask people to look and find someone who's an ancestor, someone who's passed Mm -hmm. on that inspires them, you know, (laughs) and then a contemporary that they can use as a role model. I think role models are really powerful. They, they help us see what's possible. You know what I'm saying? They help us see how to step outside of, the limitations that society would want to put on us. Mm-hmm. And, and as you were saying, society wants to define Sunnyside as right. <laughs> the ninth worst neighborhood, neighborhood in, in America. America like, and yeah. you want to de- redefine Sunnyside as right. a place that you can be proud of, a place that does right. produce, you know, men of great caliber that produces visionaries who are successful. You know, you want to redefine it. And I think redefining, I think having the confidence to say, okay, I see your definition and your definition right. doesn't fit. Right. It doesn't fit everybody. It doesn't fit every situation. I see it. I'm not denying that you're saying that, but that's your definition. Here's my definition. Right. You know, and I think that that's also about confidence, redefining things. You know, um, speaking of Malcolm X, he loved to redefine things, (laughs) you know. Yes. He was a wordsmith. So, so I wanted to go to you and, and ask you, you know, when you think of confidence, what comes to mind? For me, confidence, it, it's not that it came naturally to me, but it just kind of just filled into me as I grew up. I was always the one that was going to be doing something different, something outspoken, something that nobody was going to be expecting. And I didn't realize that it was confidence at the time, 
but it was and it's something that's always stuck with me and of course with the whole like my family my dad my mom my sister and everything always telling me make sure you be who you are don't be a follower be a leader um they will always tell me that I never lost that even when people would try to make me feel as though oh you shouldn't be doing that or you should be trying to do what everybody else is doing and I just could never do it I was always like why why do that when I could be doing this uh, when I could be doing when I could be writing a song or something because just like my dad surprisingly I ended up following in his footsteps way closer than I thought I was. But I also started writing music in middle school as well. Um, I remember writing my first song called Black Fire. And I just wrote it out of, I guess, pettiness anger for something that I got a bottom locker. That's what happened. I got in a bottom locker. And I was angry. <laughs> so I wrote this song and I just had to get the emotion out. And I didn't know how else to get the emotion out, but to just write it down on paper. And it, and I just wrote about how you're going to feel the wrath of this fire that I'm going to send out at you. And it just gave me that confidence to just to see how I was feeling on that paper. And not go and do something else to get the anger out like some people do sometimes and you channeled your anger yeah constructively <laughs> constructively right yes. right but i just started using music to help channel all of my emotions no matter how i was feeling and writing music just gave me so much confidence as well as listening to music like there are just so many songs I will listen to that will just help give me a uh, boost or pick me up. I have a playlist of songs that I listen to that just have these great verses or just the whole song in general just has amazing lyrics in them that just give me a boost. Like um, there's a song that I've been listening to since October called More by KDA. And I listen to that song just about every day because the lyrics in that song they just boost you it literally is basically saying don't settle for less which i never do i never settle for less i'm that always he wanting. doesn't i'm always Mr. iphone 1200 oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm always wanting more one of the lyrics says i'm giving you more than a buffet and mm. i'm just like wow i i want to be able to do stuff like that be able to give people more and be and they're just like wow you have more to offer than a buffet like are you a restaurant or what like no i'm just being me doing doing me things i guess like my personality is just so eccentric and just yesterday my friend was telling me you know you've always been so confident and brazen to do things that Mm. nobody else would do like even if everybody was thinking something you would be the one to say it and always get the ball rolling on things. And I guess like the one time that I wasn't really feeling confident was when it came to my own music. Cause I written a song. It actually just came out today on band cap band camp. Sorry. 
Bandcamp and it's called Friends Ends With Ends. It's on my um, Prince T'Challa page on Bandcamp. It's, I, I love the song. And I'm not just saying that because I wrote it, but I absolutely love the song because of how, how the stages that I went through to write the song. I wrote it back in. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Um, I wrote the song. I came up with the idea for the song freshman year 2018. And then I wrote the song because the song is about a friendship that I was in that I um, and I had ended. It was it just wasn't a great friendship. It was pretty toxic for both parties and for everybody else that was involved in it. And originally when I wrote the song, kind of like how I wrote Black Fire, I wrote it out of anger because I was like, I was thinking that I was angry at this person this whole time. And then I just went back and changed it around to make it to fit how I actually felt years later. Now, since I'm out of that, state of wow i don't like you i kind of hate you right now and to see that i was just disappointed in myself and i was disappointing you and i was in just disappointing in how we all handled things and i was so scared to release the song because i was like i don't know how people would receive the song i don't know if people would like it because it was such a vulnerable it's such a vulnerable song like it's just all these emotions put into the song and i was like who's going to actually like it so it took me forever Mm. but i was like you know what i'm gonna just put it out there because i would just listen to it and listen to it and listen to it i'm just like i can't find anything else wrong with it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like every time I listened to it, I was like no this should be here this should go there but then at a certain point I was just like I can't I can't find anything else that's wrong with it I guess I might as well just share it now so I put it out and with a little nudge <laughs> from my dad <laughs> with a little nudge you need to put that out you need yeah. to put it out now <laughs> he was constantly in my ear saying you need to put this out this sounds amazing and the confidence that my friends gave me as well also really helped because i was of course listening to it in my car as well while driving and my friend was like you wrote that i was like yeah and they were like this is making me want to cry i love this and i was like (laughs) thank you and that's another thing surrounding yourself with people that are going to uplift you Yes, because you're never going to yes. be able to do anything alone. You're going to need to have people there Preach. to help support you and mm-hmm. everything that you do. So surrounding yourself with real friends mm-hmm. who aren't going to be bad influences on you is super important as well. I agree. So there's a lot of things that you said. Now, I know when I first started to write. Writing was for me. I wasn't even thinking about publishing it. I definitely was not thinking about performing it in front of people <laughs> ever. And it is vulnerable. You are just pouring your heart. You know, I heard this one poet say, being a poet is cutting off your finger and bleeding all over the stage. Hmm. You know, it's literally cutting a piece of yourself 
off, you know, and giving yeah. it, you know, to the people. And, and it's raw. It's unfiltered. It's it's yeah. absolutely real. If you're really doing it authentically. Now, we wow. know that there are people who are fake, but if you're really doing it <laughs> authentically, you really are cutting yourself open in a sense and pouring out whatever right. is in there. <clears throat> yes, you that are. is a. That does take some confidence, you know, <laughs> to to get up in front of people and and pour your heart out in because people can judge you. And I remember when I first um, started to send out my work. Right, and this is way this was back in college. Okay, I sent it out. So many rejections. I had a pile of oh rejections my like God, this. Let me you know tell saying? you. And then I got. Then I won money. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so that you know. The $300 that I got was like, oh, it was worth all those rejections. Okay, okay, I'm going to keep doing it. And then I had more and more and more and more rejections. So you had to get probably, I don't know, let's just throw out a number, 25 rejections right. for every acceptance, something like that. Right. It was crazy. Right. The You know, in any other avenue, people would be like, give up. But right. writers and, and right. we know and you, you know, have to get so many rejections yeah, to get that Yeah, you know, it's acceptance. funny you would say that because one of my favorite artists, of all time is Prince. Mm. And when Prince put his demos out, you know, they weren't doing things independently then like we are now. He was rejected by Motown, by uh, RSO, the label that had the BGs, uh, Polydor, the label that James Brown was on. I mean, he was rejected by all these labels and it's not that they didn't like the music. They didn't like the fact that he wanted to produce his own album. He wanted to do his own album. He didn't want Maurice White working on his album. He didn't want whoever was hot at the time where he wanted to do his own album. And he he accepted every rejection letter that he got until Warner Brothers was like, okay, we're going to give you a chance. As a matter of fact, we're going to give you a five album deal. Mm. You better show us something. Mm. And the rest is history. Wow. That's you know great. what I'm saying? That's, that's great. And that that's it takes confidence. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a teenager. He was his age. Mm -hmm. It takes confidence to go out there and, and you know, and that's like people, I was like, why why you love Prince so much? It's not just the music, it's the man, it's the person who dared to be different. Right, right. right. You know, this is somebody nobody knows. He's like, I don't want Stevie Wonder to do to produce my album. I don't want Smokey Robinson to produce my album. Mm -hmm. I want to produce my own album. I want it to be my way, you mm -hmm. know, and it's things like that. I remember when I released my first album and the first single was a song called Running Away. And I went to <clears throat> Tragic 102. Um, I went to other radio stations and they, they, they didn't like it. They were like, you need to do a remix, put a little, I think it was little Kiki or one of them little cats from back then. Yeah. Well, not, not from Saints. I just one of the rappers, little Troy, little Kiki's. I can't remember who they said, but they were like, give us a remix. I don't, I didn't want them on my song. I'll, nah, I'll pass. You know what I'm saying? KTS, you played it a couple of times, but they didn't play it enough where people would gravitate towards and be like, Oh, who is that? You know, they just played it a couple of times just to appease me because I had my music store and I did a lot of things for KTSU. So they're like, you know, we just gonna go and do this little favor for you, whatever. So I stayed true, you know, sold a few CDs and everything. And 
you know, it wasn't enough CDs where, oh, I could go retire now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I'm rich. I'm rich. You know, but I made sure that I, I took care of my publishing and all of that. So years later, literally almost 20 years later, when I launched my radio station, I'm going to play my music. You know what I'm saying? I have made so much money off of the um, publishing from playing my songs on my radio station and my songs in my venue, I look back now like I'm glad I made the decision that I made. I don't need Lil Kiki to be successful. I don't need Lil Troy to be successful. All I need is my confidence. Mm. All I need is my audacity. 20-something years later, running away is a hit. Somebody is a hit. I've just, I started (laughs) literally going to my vaults of all music that that I recorded and mixed and mastered and never released and I start releasing stuff because now and I think I, I don't know if you saw the post I posted a few days ago how my territory has enlarged in abundance for not only my band but other artists I have artists in Las Vegas an artist named Angie who she was afraid to release, like he was saying, he was afraid to release his his um, <clears throat> his single. She had an, a whole EP that she was sitting on because she just didn't know what to do. Like, who's going to play my music? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And she released her first single, Something's Gotta Give. And and I just fell in love with it. And I was like, oh, my God. Because I had been an NG fan when she was on a major label back mm. in the 80s. And I was like, so I had to find her. Like, because she was one of those artists when I launched my radio station. Okay, artists, I got to find. See if they still recording. See if they still releasing music. And I found her. And, and she was like, I was wondering why I was getting checks for my music like where was this coming from you know and i'm like hi (laughs) you know what i'm saying so another artist cherokee who i just love she only put out one album back when she was on a major label her second album got shelved but i started playing her music like she released a single same thing my my one of my, my i call him my brother from another mother montrose he released an album like 17 years ago and it had a little traction. Like we sold it at my store, you know, but once I started playing his music on my radio station, he called me, man, I got a check from CD baby or a direct deposit. And I was like, where's this coming from? This album is 17 years old. And he said, Oh, and it's been playing my music, you know? So, I look back and I'm like, you know, I would not have had the confidence to launch this radio station. My music and so many other artists would just because radio stations don't really support us unless we have a lot of this behind us, you know. So how do we get the word out there that we are releasing music and it's really good music? You know, I was like, listen, Zen, I kid you not. Once I started getting these emails from CD Baby, you got cash. You got, and I'm looking at sales of the peripheral moment, sales of this. Oh, let it ride. Oh, wait a minute. Let me go program some more of my music. 
so I could get some more checks, you know? And I, oh my God. And then I started my Bandcamp page. I start, well, I started it when I, we dropped Let It Ride in 2017. And, you know, I didn't sell a single single on Bandcamp. Like, all my sales came from physical CD singles and, like, Amazon, iTunes, and all of that. And, you know, so that was that. So I was like, I'm not really going to mess with Bandcamp. I'll just go back to it one day. So um, who was the artist? Oh, my God. There was somebody who was like, oh, my God. I can't remember her name right now. But uh, she and Montrose were on Bandcamp <clears throat> with their latest projects. Oh, Tanqueray Hayward. And uh, I talked to her. I said, you know, you inspired me to go back to my Bandcamp page and redo it, you know, and just add my music, just, you know. And now we have followers from everywhere on Bandcamp, and I'm selling my old music like it's new. And like he said, like you said, you know, giving up is so easy. Giving up is so easy. You know, when I when I can take an album that's, 20 something years old and put it up on some place and people buying it like it's brand new. I think I'm doing okay. I'm like, I'm actually remastering my first album, the peripheral moment. I'm adding some tracks to it. I'm going to re-release it next year, you know, with bonus tracks. I'm doing like the princess state is doing his music. Like, of course, I'm not going to sell millions like he is, but hey, and I'm sure that by the time I re-release these albums next year with new artwork and everything, as a matter of fact, that beautiful lady sitting over there is on the cover of the first album, like I redid it. So I'm sure by the time I re-release it that um, it's going to sell and it's going to sell well. And of course, I have a radio station, so... That doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, you know, rejection and then acceptance is a beautiful thing because right. like when I came back, sometimes we do need a break because like I, I went and got married, had kids, didn't write for almost 20 years. Mm. And then, you know, I was getting divorced and I was like, you know what? What do I want to do? My kids are going to be out of the house. They're going to be going off to college, going off to live on their own. I need to go back to writing. Uh-huh. And and I happened to be with a guy. I was dating a guy at the time who was a, he was a, a former photographer. And he was like, why aren't you performing? Why aren't you performing? I'm like, I don't, I don't perform, but maybe I should. And then I was like, you know, <laughs> maybe I should. And then I, I talked to my mother and I was like, I'm kind of intimidated by these spoken word artists. She, she was like, why? And I'm like, you know, they got everything memorized and they're so dramatic and I'm kind of low key. And she was like, you be you. That's it. And then she was like, uh, and why would you be, you know, intimidated by memorizing your own words? These are your own words. Right, you right. Know, so <laughs> all you got to do is just tell your story. And then I said to myself, you know what? I am a storyteller. I, 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 I'm yeah. a writer. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. I may not be the dramatic poet like some of them. I am the storyteller. And right. and people, you know, when I first started performing, they would be like, it's almost like I'm tucked into bed and you're telling me a story. And I was like, okay, 
That's what <laughs> they were like. And it's kind of weird, you know. I mean, it's not what I'm used to, but I like it, you know. Right. So I think you Listen. also have to have confidence to have your own style because when yeah. I came out, like I said, there's a lot of very distinctive spoken word artists, yes. but then there's a lot of them that sound the same. It's, yep. You know? Yep. And then I come out and people are like, I didn't actually realize that you went into a poem because it was just like you were telling me a story. And then I noticed the rhythm and I noticed the rhyme and, oh, that's a poem. Oh, I like the poem. You know, it was it was very interesting. So, you know, I kind of got this title of the storyteller, you know, um, or the storytelling right. poet, that's which is right. fine because poetry is story. You know, right. it is story. So I have no problem being that, you know, but just to kind of recap what you were saying about man rejection, getting yeah. past that and then yeah. feeling the um power of your voice like like I I was telling <clears throat> before we got on air that I've done 60 shows, right? Work with about 85 artists. A lot of the shows that I knew when I started you know, there were a few open mics, mm -hmm. but the ones where they put people on the flyer, generally people had to pay for features. The artists had mm -hmm. to pay to perform. And that kind of, I, I'm not criticizing anybody, but for me, I'm like, I'm making well money off you. of them. Right. They should be being paid, not paying me. Right. You know? Right. And so I didn't ever want to do that. And there were people like, you're going to go on the hole. You're going to whatever, whatever. I was like, you know what? I'm going to let it take care of itself. I know. That's you know, right. I, I, I'm going to let them sell tickets. ever listen to the naysayers. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let them sell tickets and keep half. And I'm going to sell tickets and we're going to make it work. And then right. there were a lot of artists that said, I will come perform at your show, whether I get paid or not, because you're not trying to use me. Right. You are not trying to make money off of me by me having to pay you for a slot. You know, right. you're letting me have the freedom to be an independent artist. And I can get paid if I'm, you know, have the initiative to go out and sell tickets. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you're not. And, and I even was, as you talk about audacity, I even told them, sell it and give me the money, you know, at the door or give me the money through Cash App. And I'm trusting you. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, Because right. I don't want anybody saying, oh, these are all my people and you didn't pay me. No, you had to pay you because you paid you first. And right, then you paid right, me. Right, 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 right. So you can't be talking about it. I took some money from you because I didn't take the only money I took, you handed me at the door or you I handed know, me before right. the show. You know, so I think that you have to have confidence, even though I'm coming into the performance world from a totally different background, mm -hmm. have no background in performance, have no background in all of this stuff, even coming into being a business person with no background in business. You just have to have confidence that mm -hmm. you're going to learn what you need to learn along the way. You're going to get the connections you need to make along the way. Doors are going to open along the way and everything else is going to work itself out and you'll make some mistakes, but it's okay. You That's know right. what I'm saying? That's and right. and I know you wanted to say something before. So no, I was just going <laughs> to say, you know, when you, when you came to the studio and, and you blessed us with, with uh, your piece on uh, the sisters of soul EP, when my brother heard it, um, he was like, man, I like that. He liked the whole thing, but he heard, you know, yours is the first one right. on, on that, right. on that, on that version. He's like, man, Tony, I really, I really liked what she said, you know? 
like, yeah, that's, yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to thank you. Thank you know, you. I mean, you know what you said about stepping up with confidence, especially being an artist or being a mm-hmm. spoken word artist or a musician, you know, you just, and you know, people always want to compare you. <clears throat> and they always want to compare you to, and you know, I tell everybody, I may not be your favorite guitarist, but I'm your favorite guitarist, favorite guitarist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or I may not be the guitarist that you know, but I'm the guitarist that you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I, I don't like to be compared to anybody because I feel like everybody is his or her own individual. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There are people that are greater than you. There are people who are not greater than you. You know, but you have to be humble mm-hmm. in everything that you do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like my my humility, I wear it on my on my 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 sleeves. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I'm 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 humble, you know, and I feel blessed. I, I feel blessed to have a beautiful wife who loves me to death, or I'm assuming she loves me to death. <laughs> I'm 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 blessed to have a, a a wonderful, talented son who's just totally he's living up to his name. He's living up to his name, say Prince T'Challa, like live it up. You know what I'm saying? I'm blessed to have a beautiful daughter. You know, like I I just feel blessed every time I get up. I feel blessed that during the whole pandemic, during the whole pandemic, we didn't lose lights. We didn't lose water. We didn't lose money. We, you know, we were, we were blessed. You know what I'm saying? Like. A lot of, like you said at the top of the show, people lost jobs, people lost businesses. I didn't lose anything. High Volume Music Live was shut down, but I didn't go under. I didn't have to close it down. It was shut down because of the pandemic. Now we're getting ready to reopen, you know? And I feel blessed that I was able to maintain the rent over there, the lights, the Wi-Fi, and everything, even though the building was not in use, you know? I feel blessed that, you know, this cat right here and and Wanda can attest to this. This dude is 18 years old. He's never given us a single problem as a kid. When he hit 13, he wasn't rebellious. He wasn't one of, oh, F you, dad, and forget you, mom, slamming doors, running out the house. I don't want to do this. Girl. I'm not going to. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just laid back. Like, his music, I believe, I could be wrong. could have been something else he was in his room doing because he always had the door shut. But I believe his music <laughs> was his escape, you know? And now he, he's dropping singles. He's, I helped him form his own label, you know, and I'm showing him the ropes like how this is how the distribution works. This is how publishing works. This is how you get paid when you, you know, like, and he's like, listen to this dad, you know, listen to this, listen, to, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm like, you know, when I die, I will die with a smile on my face. You know what I'm saying? I have two beautiful children who both have done some amazing things. I have a wonderful wife. And people that listen to my songs, <clears throat> a lot of my songs are about her. You know, I write a lot. Of, I don't. I don't do the dark stuff. Oh my god! <laughs> I, 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 I'm more than I, I write out of love. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, 
you know, and, and I just feel I, I wake up confident every day because I, I know I have this beautiful family. You know, I know I'm still in business. You know, I know I'm healthy. I'm as healthy as I can be at 53, you know, and I have people to look out for me. I have people that have my back. You know, I have friends that look out for me. I, I, I mean, I have friends who call, hey, did you take your medicine today? You know, just everything about my life my my whole entire life is a blessing and it makes me feel good and i wake up with the confidence to know that it, this day is going to be a good day i wake up with the confidence every day this day is going to be a good day even if some something go down it's still going to be a good day <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i have two questions <clears throat> for um, me or for him well, they're for you, but 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 uh, <laughs> you could chime that. in if you want. You know, when you were talking, a couple of things came to my mind. Number one, you talked about raising your son and how he never gave you a you know a moment's uh, issue. Now, I know as a parent of young black boys, we have all kind of things that we're concerned of with with them. And you mentioned Sunnyside being uh, having a horrible reputation. You know, as a parent. How were you able to have confidence that you were going to be able to raise uh, the kind of son that you wanted to raise? And you could even chime in on this if you want to. And also the second question would be, here you have a son who has talent and there are people who would say, ooh, keep him away from the music industry. Keep him away from... You know, entertainment. They're going to eat him alive. They're going to they're going to transform him into whatever, you know, this horrible right, person. Right. He's going to be bitter. Yeah. He's like going songs. to. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, you. you know, how did you first have the confidence just to raise, you know, the son that you've raised? And also, how did you have the confidence to give him, as you were saying, the guidance to follow his dreams and follow his talents into what many people consider to be a shark infested, <laughs> horrible environment for people to be in, you know? So when I was in high school, I learned, well, no, I'm sorry. When I was in elementary school, I had a teacher named Mr. Muggle, Master Muggle, who's karate instructor. Um, he was my sixth grade teacher. May he rest in peace. He used to talk to us about speaking things into existence. Mm. Whatever you want, you speak it into existence. But he would always, he would look at me and say, Frazier, but you speak positivity. Don't ever speak negativity into your life. He would always tell me that. When I was in high school, I was like, hey, I'm going to have a son one day. His name is going to be Prince T'Challa. I started in high school. Mm. I am going, and this is what he's going to do. This is how he's going to be. You know, I was raised by two very strong parents who kept all five of us, my siblings and my niece on the straight and narrow. Now, what you do when you leave the house, that's on you. But the teachings that my mom and my dad instilled in me showed me what good parenting is supposed to be like. And I was one of those kids who grew up with both parents. 
I was blessed. Again, another blessing in life. And I knew when, when she got pregnant that I knew how I was going to raise him. I had no doubts in my mind. I had the confidence to say from day one, I'm going to raise him in an environment where he knows he is loved, but I'm going to teach him at the same time because I don't want him straying into the wrong path of this or the wrong path of that. And, you know, so from day one, when she was pregnant, I used to talk to him in her belly. You're Prince. You're going to be great. You're going to do this. I'm playing guitar for him. Like you're going to be, you're, you're going to be a King. Your name is Prince T'Challa. You know, when he came along, I was like, whatever I got to do, whatever sacrifices I got to make, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make these sacrifices because I felt like I had been blessed with my Prince T'Challa that I had been talking about since high school. Hmm. I felt like I had been blessed. I have, you know, and true story. Another thing that has a lot to do with confidence I dated a lot of pretty ladies, a lot of pretty girls. And when we get into serious conversations about marriage and, and children and everything, do you have a problem with our child being named Prince T'Challa? Hmm. Because he wasn't going to be Anthony Jr. He wasn't going to be Robert, James, John, Lee, Ray. He, he wasn't going to be any of that. He was going to be Prince T'Challa. If they had a problem with it, thank you, bye. Mm. I can't. Well, there I, you go. You know what I'm saying? And I, I mean, when there I say go. I walked away from a lot of beautiful ladies just on the strength of my confidence of knowing that I wanted a son whose name was going to be Prince T'Challa and nothing else. Mm. Believe me. And she thought I was crazy when I said I want, I want our son name to be Prince T'Challa. Okay, she thought I'm Joe. Okay. And she went and talked to her mom about it. Her mom's like, let him name his son what he wants to name his son. Because hmm. I before we got married, do you have a problem <laughs> with us having a son named Prince T'Challa? I got to know. Because mm -hmm. if you yeah. have a problem with it, I love you, but I got to go. And it takes a lot of confidence in a dude from Sunnyside to build a life from high school in his mind and say, this is how my life is going to be. This is how my life is going to be. I'm going to have a son. He's going to be Prince T'Challa, period. And that's what I did. I, here, here he sits 18 years later. <laughs> and after we had like, it's a wrap. I don't have to have no more children. <laughs> I got my Prince T'Challa. I'm good. Thank you, Wanda. I love you. <laughs> and my sister texted me the name of the football player from Sunnyside, and it is Michael Singletary. Hmm. Michael okay. Singletary. I don't know if y'all know who Michael Singletary. You might know who Michael Singletary is, but, I mean, he's he's old school. He's a coach now for one of the teams. And then Kenneth Curl, she said, who I didn't even know about, was also from Sunnyside, and he's a track star. Hmm. So, you know, so there's a lot of good I come out of Sunnyside. A lot of good. Okay. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And so the second question was, 
having the confidence to inspire him or or train him for the music industry knowing that it has a horrible reputation you know what and and even I'm gonna ask you going into something that people some people are terrified of you know (laughs) having the confidence to to put yourself out there and say hey and and you kind of spoke a little bit to that but if you want to elaborate a little bit more well first off just try not to think about the fear or Mm. think about the negative things that people say try to always think about the positive things that people say like one one of my favorite quotes is the sky is only dark if you look up during storms Hmm. and i was just like wow (laughs) if you only look at the music industry when there's something bad going on of course you're going to be terrified and afraid to try and even try to explore going to the music industry but if you look at the good that it can do um because i was actually on instagram and i think four years ago thursday drake had his music video for god's plan Mm -hmm. where he gave a check to this young lady and she just graduated this year and i was like the music industry has a bad reputation but anything has a bad reputation Mm -hmm. just and it's always Mm -hmm. a flip side to everything so you just can't be afraid you have to be confident in yourself and confidence is contagious if you're confident you're gonna make those around you feel empowered and confident as well and with that of course you're all gonna rise up together and be able to do what you want to do follow all of your passions and everything like i'm never going to if, if my friend tells me something they're just like i don't know if i should i'm like you can do this mm-hmm. i know you i've seen you be able to do things harder than this you can do this like don't doubt yourself and sometimes i'll even talk to myself and be like you can do this you you've done all kinds of stuff already i don't know why you're sitting here pouting come on get up get up (laughs) (laughs) like i just give myself pep talk and sometimes i'll even like see my see a second version of myself like in my room and i'm just like i'm gonna do something better than what you just did Mm. like if i if i just done a show i mean i just i'm i'm gonna see myself and be like i'm gonna do better than what you just did Mm -hmm. and in my head, I'm just like, oh, okay, well, let's see what you can do then. And yeah. then the next show I have is like bigger and better. And I'm giving people more and I'm giving myself more because I'm just like, it's exciting. Like, it's such a rush performing and doing things behind the scene as well. Yes. Not just performing, but the writing, the getting the lights together, the rehearsals. Yes. The rehearsals can be such a great time to bond with yourself or with your bandmates yes and there's just so many great things that you can do within the music industry mm-hmm. and i and i always just think about that quote of if you only look during storms um if you only look up when the sky is dark or i messed it yes. up right? you, you said it perfectly, I the, said first it perfectly time. the first so time so i think time, i'm gonna but... see if i can you said <laughs> If you only look at the sky when it's a storm, then it's going to be dark. Oh, no. Something like that. Look, if you only look up when it's dark. or <laughs> we, 
Yeah. Man, so, but, but you, was, you said it perfectly. Yeah, I said you, it perfectly. you know, I want to. <laughs> we're going to wrap up he, he's in, in a minute. He's in front of the mic. He's in front of the mic. So, yeah. yeah. Like, all no, these but ideas. It, it was great. You said it perfectly the first time. I want to tell a quick story, and then I want you to tell the people where to find you. You know, we were talking about the power of family mm. and, and shaping children to have confidence, and even young adults. You know, mm-hmm. um, when I was in college, I was a waitress at Papado's and I got fired. Never occurred to me I would ever get fired, ever. Did not. I went to work that day and didn't know I was going to get fired that day. I mean, I had (laughs) no idea, no concept. I had just gotten a good review, good evaluation. So I was like, I was so stunned. I walked into the house and my dad worked shift work. So he was, he heard me come in. He was like, hey, how you doing? You know, you're back home early. And he was like, uh, everything okay? And I was like, I came in the room. I sat on the bed. I didn't say anything. And he said, are you okay? And I said, I just got fired. And he said, "Um, okay. He said, I thought you just got a good review. I was like, I did just get a good review. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, "Uh, well, he said, do you want to be a waitress as your career? And I said, no. And then he said, they did you a favor. Mm -hmm. He said, you don't know why you got fired. I don't know why you got fired. It could have been, you know, anything. It could have been, they saw you as a competition. It could have been, you're not a great waitress. You know, it could have been downsizing. It could have been the bad or the good thing. He said, the thing is, you were in an at-will industry. They could fire you at-will. They don't even have to give you a reason. They That's don't right. even have to have a reason, right? They could just fire you. And he said, but they did you a favor because <laughs> that job was taking your time. You go to school. I was in college. You go to school, and you go to that job, and you don't have time to look for something in your field. Now right. you do. Right. Now you have time to go look for something in your field. Yep. So get on the computer and find you a job in your field because you just had a door slammed in your face, but that doesn't mean that you don't have a window that's about to open up that's much better than the door that just slammed in your face. Now, I'm I'm bringing that up because my confidence was shattered when I walked into the house. I was stunned. I I felt like a failure. I was embarrassed. Right, right. When my dad told me they did you a favor, go get a job in your field and they would be happy and blessed to have you. Mm -hmm. My father told me that I walked out of there with my head up thinking they did me a favor. (laughs) Look at God. Look at God. Exactly. I just got (laughs) fired. And you know what? It's the best thing that's happened to me right now. That's right. I literally walked out of that bedroom where my dad told me that feeling like I got a gift rather than a A a, curse. curse. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, you know, the people that are out there, that is the power of a parent. Yes. It really is because I could have been shattered at that moment. I could have been, I could have got a complex about, you know, when everything's going good, you know, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? I, I'm, I'm worried. Every time something's going good, maybe, maybe a shoe is about to drop. There are people like that. Yeah. Cause they went yep. through a situation like that where something came out of the blue and they didn't have yep. somebody to tell them, 
Don't worry Girl, about that. Look at Go him. on to the next thing. Go on to something better. You know, so as much as my dad was a hard man and a strict man and a man of no, how could I put it, no wavering on his rules, he was also a man who knew when he needed to speak, as you said, He's life. A man of wisdom, yeah. And he needed to give me some wisdom. And he gave me confidence. So there was a part of me that was birthed that day that basically said, whenever a door slams in my face, look for the window. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's what he taught me and and mm-hmm. and he gave me that confidence so you know i want to say to the people out there just like my father said that to me you know covid has slammed a lot of doors in our faces but yeah. that doesn't mean there's not windows right. and that doesn't mean that that door slamming your face that could be a blessing you know that could be an opportunity for you to do something that is more in line with your passion your goals your your destiny you know that's like right with him opening up how how music volume how, live how all radio. Your music live, how all your music radio. Yeah. <laughs> how all your music recordings. Yes. <laughs> There's one of my radio personalities say the how all your music family incorporated. All right. <laughs> so but look, what you said about your dad, man, I feel that because when I got fired from McDonald's in 88, I think it was or 89, you know, I went home a little little hurt. You know, first job, my dad, my dad, he, he had his little whiskey shaking in the glass. He said, F them. <laughs> you don't need them. Hmm. You are better than them. Hmm. When I got fired from Sound Warehouse, same thing. But it was my mom. She was like, man, to hell with them. You know, like, you don't need those people. You know, they were setting me up for something greater. Mm. They, they were just setting me up. I got fired from Sound Warehouse for playing rap music because they said rap music was a fad. Rap music was not going to last. Mm. Where? What year is this? 2021. And we are still doing what? <laughs> Listening playing to rap, rap music. music. <laughs> I knew. They didn't. Right. They fired me. Okay. All right. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But my mom and dad, they always, if something happened to me or my brothers or my sisters, they always lifted us. They, I mean, lifted us up. They never kicked us while we were down. Yeah. They never kicked us while we were down. Even in relationships. Mm. They never kicked us while we were down. Now, sometimes my mom, I, you know, my mom would tell my brothers, because I always listen to my mom and dad. But they would tell my brothers and sisters, you should listen to me when I told you not to marry him. You should listen mm. to me when I told you not to marry her. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I listened to my mama. She told me not <laughs> to marry somebody. Okay, mama. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Parents are very, very, and sometimes parents are not necessarily blood. Mm. Sometimes mm-hmm. parents are not necessarily blood. But if they are a they pay an, play an active role in your life, raising you, teaching you, guiding you, giving you wisdom. You know, mm-hmm. that's a parent. Yeah, that's true. I that's agree. a parent. So, you know. So I wanted you to tell people where they can find you. Me. You can find me on all of these social media platforms under Ant Boogie. And I, I I have a whole bunch of stuff. I don't I don't want to go into the whole spiel because I have a band. I have a venue. I have all of these things. But if you go to Facebook and you type in Ant Boogie uh or Ant Boogie fans, you'll find me. Like the fans page 
or send me a friend request, A-N-T-B-O-O-G-I-E. And they'll probably say in parentheses because there are other Ant Boogies on social media. It'll say Anthony Frazier of Sunnyside. And there's only one Ant Boogie from Sunnyside, baby. All <laughs> And if you're into music, please follow my label, High Volume Music Recordings, on Bandcamp. Go to highvolumemusicrecordings.bandcamp.com and feel free to purchase. We don't mind. <laughs> okay. And where can they find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Prince T'Challa. That's P-R-I-N-C-E T apostrophe C-H-A-L-L-A. Um, oh, Prince T'Challa official, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, Prince T'Challa was taken already. I was just like, one day I'm going Some to get female. that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, one day, one day I'm like he says, speaking to exist. I'm going to get the Prince T'Challa. I'm, I'll find whoever it is and be like, may I please have that? And hopefully they say yes. <laughs> um, so yes, Prince T'Challa official on Instagram and Facebook. And on Bandcamp, it's also just Prince T'Challa official. Dot Bandcamp. Dot Bandcamp. Dot com. Dot com. Yes. And Pick up that new single, y'all. My new single, Friends Ends With Ends, just came out today. Uh, so make sure you go buy it. It's only a dollar. And I'm sure you could even find that like somewhere in the street somewhere. I've been able to find a dollar in the street. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Zenashe, Z-E-N-A-S-E, Zenashe Poetry, Zenergy. And this is all about fuel for your mind, body, and soul. Really lifting you up, getting you to think about possibilities, getting you to come out of your comfort zone and really expand, as he said, expand your territory. Yes. You know, move <laughs> into new territory, become the person that you want to be. I have all kinds of merch. You can see I have shirts here that you can buy on my laughs and lyrics merch.com page. I have mugs. I have pillows. I have my personal development package. I got little inspirational, you know, motivational bands. This one says dream. I have a bunch of different ones. I got motivational bookmarks that slide on pages that are magnetic inside. I got little smiley cards that have different sayings. Like this one says, believe you can. So I have all kinds of different merchandise that you can put around you, build an environment that supports you, not just of people, but also of things, wear things, have things around you that lift you up, that inspire you, that make you feel good, that energize you. Cause we need to put positivity in our lives. There's so much negativity around us. We need to replace that negativity with positivity. So thank, oh, excuse me. Thank you for joining us. May you walk in synergy. Have a great night. My name is Zenashe, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one I'm going to show you mine is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, 
all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you.